0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to unrefined women, a podcast between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics and feminism. We're very grateful you could join us today. This is your co host, Margaret, and my other co host Agnes is going to be hopping on for the episode, but I am just recording the intro for today. So in today's episode, Agnes and I are going to unpack SSPX, also known as Society of St. Pius X. And this is a fraternity that's within the Catholic Church. It's basically of traditionalist Catholic priests that were founded after Vatican II. And it's kind of in opposition to some of the modernizations of the Catholic Church since the 60s. So we are going to share a little bit about what SSPX is in our episode And we're also going to share some of our own personal experiences growing up Catholic and also at times in our childhood being very affiliated and entangled with the St. Pius X organization, which is super culty in my opinion and the opinions of lots of other people. So if you're interested in culty stuff, stay tuned for the episode. I guess you want to take it away and share about SSPX and what actually share what SSPX means. Okay, SSPX
1: means the Society of St. Pius X. So I went to an SSPX school, like a high school founded by SSPX. And growing up, we kind of went to several different churches growing up, but for the most part... And uh, we did dabble a lot in, like, going to SSPX churches and then being in that sort of community. So the Society of St. Pius X was founded by Archbishop Lefebvre. It is an international priestly society of almost 700 priests. Its main purpose is the formation and support of the priests. And the society priests live in community and serve faithful in over 700 countries around the world. So we got a lot of, like... Uh, what's the word colonization religious colonization going on (laughs) yeah yeah um archbishop uh, marcel lefebvre was a french catholic priest who founded sspx in 1970 after vatican two and sspx follows traditional catholic formation and they practice the traditional latin mass there's a lot going on there
0: (laughs) well okay so i don't i don't know if you knew this i just heard this recently apparently um Saint Pius X is actually like not recognized by Rome did mm-hmm. you know that yep i want to get into yeah, that yeah because Okay, yeah, because you had Vatican II, which happened, like, in the 60s, and we'll have to talk about Vatican II as well, but then you have St. Pius X that was kind of birthed out of that because they were like, no, fuck Vatican II, we don't want to do that, we want to do things the old traditional way, and so Rome was like, "Uh, no, that's not what we're doing, and so they're, like, not recognized by Rome now. Yeah, yeah. So with Vatican II, it happened between 1962 and 1965.
1: It was announced by Pope John the Twenty Third. It was basically like a means of spiritual renewal for the church, Um, and like so, basically the Catholic Church was experiencing a lot of people because this is the 60s. Like people are acting a little more bold. Like people are, you know, not following. Religion is closely, and the Catholic Church felt kind of threatened by this, so they wanted to. That's when they um, called Vatican two, in order to. Kind of go over some of the things, like kind of like a mar- I I call it kind of like a marketing council where they're like let's rebrand Catholicism in a way that is more attractive to the younger folks so that more mm-hmm. people aren't leaving the church, which is like I mean okay the Catholic Church is a business every business does this every couple of years you gotta like brainstorm <laughs> come up with ways to like create more business <laughs> um, get yeah. more, get more of those donations pass through, pa- pass out more donation baskets at church. <laughs> Um, so, they uh, had Vatican II and they kind of changed, they did change a lot of things about Catholicism, which we'll go more into. Um, but one of the main things that I have, ex- that I've, I guess, known about prior to researching is the change in the Mass. So, when you go mm-hmm. to church, at least in SSPX, you go to a traditional Latin mass. Everything's in Latin in high school. I had to take Latin. I failed both years. (laughs) I hated Latin. Um, (laughs) It was, you know, it's all in Latin. It's like, there's not really a lot of English happening, which was not as um, appealing to the younger community during Vatican two, because, you know, if they're going to church, they want to be able to understand what is happening. So Mm -hmm. they changed the mass to English, so that's where you're, you'll have the difference between Catholicism, um, um, if you've ever heard of the term Novus Ordo or a new order. That's what Novus Ordo means in Latin. And that is the Catholic Mass pro, or after Vatican II. And so that's in English. There's a lot of differences. There are some similarities, like the basic roots of what makes Mass Mass. Um, such mm-hmm. as like receiving communion, but the difference between receiving communion in a novus ordo mass versus an SSPX mass is the way you receive it. So in the traditional Latin mass, I I'm sure you've probably, se- if you've never been to a Catholic mass, you've probably seen in movies, you kind of like line up and you go to receive the body of Christ in like a little cracker looking host thing, <laughs> uh, yeah. which they have like blessed and they believe I don't know the whole details of it but it's like that's like the body of Christ right and in SSPX or, tr- or just Latin mass in general they give it to you on the tongue um, because as the receiver of the body of Christ I basically don't have like the Right or like the holiness to like touch it with my hands, if that makes sense. Um, versus in Norva Sordo, they give it to you in your hand. So you hold your hands out and they say, like, body of Christ. I don't know. And then they put it in your hand, and then you yourself put it in your mouth, and then you eat it. There is so much controversy around that. Um, so that's like one of the main differences that I remember growing up and there's just tons of other stuff like what the priest wears and i could go on and on so with vatican II. Well also
0: well also like in the english mass the priest faces the people so it's more mm. of a community like it yes. feels like so then you have the priest and the congregation facing each other the priest is speaking in english the people can recite things back it's more com- I think communal the Latin mass feels more segregated like I think that I do think especially now as an outsider I I do recognize that the Latin mass is very beautiful it's this very Mm. ancient ritual yes and people really have a lot of nostalgia for the Latin mass but the priest wears very um lavish vestments garments for the for the liturgy
1: real gold like woven into these vestments. yeah Yeah. these are like these vestments expensive
0: like Thousands of dollars. Yeah. Very expensive. Yeah. And then the priest, but the priest has his back to the congregation. So he's, you know, facing away from the people, speaking in Latin. And as a con in the congregation, you don't feel as connected. You feel like you're more of this outsider kind of witnessing the mass happen. Yeah. Um, Also, I was going to say, too. So when there's a certain point in. Catholic mass where you have the consecration that's where they take the the crackers you know and basically <laughs> say these prayers which then turn the crackers into they say the literal body of Christ that you then consume for your salvation so there's certain words that they say during the consecration in the old Latin mass they would say you know I can't remember all the words but I remember they have it's basically like I'm you know turning the bread into the body of Christ. Um, do you know this Agnes about for the salvation or hold on. What, what are the words again? I have to like Google it. Oh, the consecration. Remember, it's, Yeah. During the consecration that it, cause the words changed. And I remember that was like a really, really important thing in Vatican too. Um, so it seems like there's been changes that happen with the consecration throughout time. Now. Okay. Here's the key word. So, just go ahead and read again kind of what you found about this. so here's like the words of the consecration and then let's talk about some of the changes that I'm aware of so it says take this all of you and eat of it for this is my body which will be given up for
1: you take this all of you and drink from it for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for
0: the forgiveness of sins do this in memory of me so I remember the key words kind of in that where it says, um, "Which will be poured out for you and for many." That was part. That that was very um, kind of stereotypical of the old way the mass was said, because the whole thing was that not everyone gets to receive the body of Christ. Not everyone gets to receive the blood of Christ. You have to be worthy to receive the body and blood of Christ. So it's poured out for you and for many. And then with Vatican II, they changed it, which will be poured out for you and for all. So it became much more inclusive Mm. that way. And I remember, like, mom and dad were constantly telling me, if you go to a mass and they say for you and for all, that's not valid. Because Christ didn't, which, like, is told such bullshit when you think about it. Like, when Jesus, when you look at the story of Jesus coming down here, like he came down here for everybody, right? He didn't come right. down here and be like, I'm going to die on the cross for like you, 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 not you, uh, you, 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 nope, you're not, no nope, no nope, back up, not you. Like it was for everybody, right? And so people really like got on some whole thing when they changed the words to... For you and for all, which seems way more appropriate Mm -hmm. and it's way more inclusive for everybody. And then, yeah, you got all these conservatives are like, "Eh, no, you're not worthy. Yeah. So I'm not so much
1: sure about the new order, but I know for like the Latin mass or at least SSPX, they teach you're not supposed to receive communion unless you've been baptized. And then you have the whole first communion ceremony, which is like between like seven to 10 years old, depending on what church you go to. Um, where your child, which is like a whole other thing. Cause then you have your first confession where you had to go sit in front of a priest and confess your sins because, you know, a seven year old is disappointing God apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of controversy around it. I just know like SSPX, they're so, so strict about these types of things and that's where things started getting rocky. So what I've like learned. So we have, we've learned that the Pope is, he's the head of the church. Right. And Mm -hmm. the first Pope, what was it? St. Peter, St. Paul, something like that, who founded the Catholic church. And, um, he was the first Pope. And then they have, it's like a, like a Royal family or, you know, it goes, it passes down or a presidency. And, um, it's for life. But the whole thing with being a Pope is that you have papal infallibility. So that basically means that everything that the Pope says is like word of God. Like he has special superpowers, everything he says, everything he preaches, that is like God channeling through him. Right. So everything he says goes like, okay, like no questions asked. Like that is what God Which wants. Which is
0: problematic. Very problematic. I think that's so so problematic like when you have someone that's in a place of authority where there's no checks and balances happening where they can do and say whatever they want mm-hmm. and they're infallible like that just breeds yeah disaster i think corruption and i think in like the like last, of power i think in like the last hundred years though
1: there has been more checks and balances so like it's not like the pre- the priest or the pope will say like you know, the sky is orange and suddenly the sky is or whatever is fucking green. It's not like there are more checks and balances, but at the end of the day, it's still that we still have that word papal infallibility that can back up what the pre or what the Pope says. And mm-hmm. the issue with SSPX is that they branched off because they did not agree with the outcome of Vatican II And they wanted to continue to practice the traditional rites of Catholicism. But by this, they're now, you know, disobeying the Pope. So they have to find like a guiltless way of disobeying the Pope without disobeying God. And because of this, then there's been more people coming out saying, well... You know, you know, like people saying like, well, he's not really the Pope because this word was said when he became, I don't know, like just like weird stuff like that, trying to like disprove his place as the Pope.
0: Um, I also wanted to touch on, if you're okay with this, some of the other changes that came about with Vatican II, because like we've just talked a bunch about. Like as a, per- as, as a person in a congregation, the things you're going to notice right away, like the mass being said in English versus Latin, the words of the consecration have changed, how we receive communion has changed, you know, it's more communal versus the priest having your back. So there's all those kinds of things like that you notice at church on Sunday. But there was also kind of a cultural shift. Again, Agnes, as you said, the church was kind of needing to rebrand itself. It was trying to catch up with the times here in the 60s so that, you know, more people would continue to go to church and feel included so some of the changes that also came about to kind of update the church because remember the church is like 2,000 years old now at this point the world is a very different place so part of what Vatican II also sort of solidified was that the church was going to um, basically recognize democracy and religious freedom you know important things in today's day and age Prior to that, I guess the church did not believe in religious freedom. And Agnes, you and I were kind of like raised in this too. It's basically like, oh, Catholicism is the one true religion. And if you're not Catholic, there's no way you can go to heaven, which is like super fucked up. Um, I was taught that basically like, oh, yeah, that that was traumatizing as a child. I have to say, oh, yeah, um, all of your friends who are not Catholic, they're all going to go to hell when they die. And that sucks when you're like a kid, like playing with your friends outside in the back of your head. You're like, oh my God, I love my friend and they're going to go to hell. So that sucks. So the church, yeah, formally recognized democracy and religious liberty. Um, The church also recognized that, hey, we can no longer be anti-Semitic. We need to stop preaching about how terrible the Jews are and just breeding all this anti-Semitism. So that was a good change that came about. And also, the church recognized that it was important to have good relationships with other religions. So, stop being in that position of, we're the one true religion and fuck everybody else. <laughs> so, they rege- they the church realized that they could no longer reject things that are true in other religions. Because, I mean, Agnes, I know you and I believe this, that like... I don't think that one religion is going to have it all figured out. Like I think that different religions can have different pieces of the puzzle and different pieces of truth. And so Vatican II basically said we, you know, we do have to recognize that there is truth in other religion. So good shit that came about. But then you have like SSPX and you know, like kind Mm. of our parents and our community we were raised in that were like, no, fuck all that. We're going to be this little tight bubble. Where if you're not in this bubble, then you're going to hell and you're not worthy of God's salvation and all this stuff. You know, what's really interesting
1: is I, while I was researching about SSPX, and I know a lot from high school because I took two years of religion taught by an SSPX priest who was terrifying. I hated that class. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He was so mean. (laughs) Um, But it started I started researching a lot of stuff on Reddit as well because you can only learn so much on articles that have been like edited and published I want to like read real experiences where people just on social media where people are just putting out their thoughts yeah. and opinions so I went down like this whole thing with reddit threads and a lot of dots started to connect so our parents were, They got, like, legally divorced, I don't know, a couple years ago. But before this happened, my dad, who raised us Catholic, but he was anti-SSPX. So there was a lot, like, growing up, there was a, like, my parents were both very religious. But they were kind of on different wavelengths when it came down to, like, the politics of it. And, um, my mom was just more so I care about getting my kids to them, get, getting my kids to mass. I don't really care about the politics versus my dad was like, you're not allowed to receive communion from this priest because this priest is blah, blah, blah. And you know, you, we can't go to that church anymore because this person said this, like he was just very like down to like the accuracy of everything and he did not like SSPX and when he found out that my mom had put me and my siblings in an SSPX school he lost his shit and for me i'm just like get, i didn't i wasn't happy being in an SSPX school cuz to me i'm like this is traumatizing like <laughs> um this is too strict for me but i was confused on why he was so angry about it even though he's
0: like diehard catholic like it's really weird so and and da- and he's also like diehard. He's very anti-Vatican too. Yeah, he is very much like a traditionalist, but like anti SSPX. It's very weird. <laughs> so I well, I think that there, I think there's like personal history there. Yeah, oh, for sure, because like I, there's personal history because. Um, We've touched on this in other episodes a little bit, but there is, in the state of Kansas, there's a town called St. Mary's. It's, like, this tiny little rural town, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the American epicenter for SSPX. They have a massive parish there. Um, it's, like, several thousand families go to this church. Not only is it a church, but it's also, like, a school. It's a do- um, like a, They have, like, dormitories. A they college. have a college. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, kindergarten all the way through college. Mm-hmm um and it's segregated by gender so like literally like boys and girls all have separate classes i think only at least i think like years ago like little kids could like if you were like kindergarten you could there was boys and girls in the class but then i think they Mm segregate the classes after that um and so anyway um that's where our parents met was in saint mary's kansas because our mom went to high school and college there um And then our dad got a job there in 1989, I believe, teaching music at the school. And he was the church organist. And that's how our parents met. And I don't know all the details. I don't even think mom knows all the details. But dad ended up getting fired from the job. And so I think there was just, I think there was like personal baggage there. I think he and SSPX had some bad blood because of job stuff and so it always made him kind of bitter about it Mm -hmm. but again i don't i think that might have been i don't know if that's the whole story it's probably not i'm sure that's just a piece of the pie yeah and then also there's been a lot of situations of sspx priests or just catholic
1: priests in general that get involved well catholic yeah yeah that get involved in some pedophilia rumors and my dad one great thing about my dad is he is so, so incredibly against that. Like, he did so much to protect his kids from being around these fucking weirdos. And um, he was, like, he knew and heard so many stories of these priests, you know, being predators to children. And I think that was also another, like, piece of the puzzle of why he was so against SSPX. So he ended up, I guess, like, two years ago... Um, My parents are, you know, they've been split for a while. My dad goes and gets an annulment. (laughs) So an annulment (laughs) is based, it's different from a divorce because it's more spiritual, but it's basically saying, and it's like an investigation. So you'll have, you'll apply for an annulment to a bishop or yeah, a bishop maybe. Um, and they investigate your wedding, your marriage, like the day that it happened, the words that were said, the priest that did the annulment. And my dad went to a probably an, an anti-SSPX bishop or priest and applied for this annulment. And they got married in St. Mary's by an SSPX priest. They did some digging and they said... Well, this priest here isn't a real priest because he's SSPX. Stamp the annulment. Okay, your your marriage is annulled. You're no longer spiritually married in the eyes of God. <laughs> so my dad gets this piece of paper, emails it to my mom. We're we're annulled now. My mom was laughing because my mom's like, you're so full of shit. Like <laughs> Like my mom, like she's one of those, and I love this about my mom, but she's like, if I say it and I do it, like I go with it to my grave. And my mom even now doesn't really have any wishes at all. She's like disgusted by men, but she's like, I will never get remarried. And she says, I, you know, I loved your father and i I said the words to him. I promised what I said, you know, I meant what I said when I married you. And it does not matter if the priest was valid or not. Like, I meant it, and that was a promise. And even though we're legally divorced, I will always be spiritually married to you because I meant what I said. I don't want to be with you anymore mm-hmm. because you're abusive, and I, will, I won't speak with you, but we're still married in the eyes of God. And for that, she does not plan on getting remarried or she's not interested in dating and my dad as soon as get as soon as he gets this annulment he goes and in, in like finds some lady and he gets engaged i don't know anyways <laughs> so i started research this is like such a long story but i started researching reddit threads and i was like so confused on like what's with this whole deal of this sspx priest not being a valid priest so the dots did not connect until recently when i was reading this and someone was talking about the sspx relationship with rome so Roman SSPX aren't very well, they're not best friends and yeah, apparently I've not, okay, I could do more research on this, but from what I've seen and what a lot of people were saying is that Rome doesn't technically recognize SSPX priests as real priests because in order to be a priest, oh. there are certain protocols that you have to follow and the Catholic religion is very, very rooted in like rituals and ceremonies, these specific words that are said during a certain, you know, like a sacrament, whatever is extremely important to whether something is valid or not. Like we were talking about the consecration of the host and the word, what was it? Many and all. And the difference between those Mm -hmm. two, it causes like wars. So Rome doesn't technically recognize SSPX priests as priests. So that means, I think I read online, it was like, what, 700, about 700 SSPX priests altogether in the world. Apparently, none of them are actually priests, according to Rome. And in the Catholic religion, in order for you to be married correctly in the way that they view marriage you have to be married by a Catholic priest. So the way that my dad got an annulment, which now makes sense to me, is that technically that priest is not a a priest according to Rome, which means that marriage would not be valid, which is like, you know, if they believe that, they believe that. I think there's a lot of um, muddy water around that, so... Hey, everyone. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode. We'd like to take a quick moment to pause and tell you about our Patreon.
0: Unrefined Women offers a pay what you can model in which each tier has access to the same content and community. This follows our values that each person is worthy and deserving of connection, regardless of financial circumstances. And some of the benefits to
1: joining our Patreon include access to our virtual monthly Sunday brunch, online private community where we share q and a's memes behind the scenes content and general conversation additionally we post a bonus episode each month
0: you can access our patreon by downloading the patreon app or going to patreon.com on your browser and looking up unrefined women as always we are so grateful for your support running a podcast requires a lot of time and financial commitment on our part thank you so much for being a part of our community and now back to the episode Which is so crazy because when you think about like the types of people that tend to gravitate towards SSPX are people that are like extremely conservative, mm-hmm. have like really really out there like far right wing political beliefs. Um, they are c- tend to be, <laughs> um, have very controver- controversial topics and opinions that are not celebrated in popular or like modern society Mm -hmm, really um and you have people that are really 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 like take so much of religion and the bible like extremely literally and they're like very homophobic and then it's like you can't have sex till you're married which is then so ironic because it's like wait a second are any of them even married and they're having like 13 (laughs) children you know (laughs) um yeah that's another thing is that that's another kind of like trait in uh like sspx you know and really like these cult sectors of catholicism is you know no birth control allowed so you have huge families like ours Mm -hmm. you know we had nine kids in our family and that was not uncommon at all Mm -hmm. yeah so i wanted to touch on something because you mentioned this about how in the catholic religion it's so strict like the language that you use the exact words that you use when it comes to these rituals and I personally find this really, really problematic because I feel like since having like my own relationship with God and embarking and, and on my own spiritual journey, I've realized that, you know, yes, like words are important. Like we can, we can have language and words to kind of symbolize something, but it's more of trying to communicate or symbolize something that's in our heart, right? Mm-hmm. And, and really at the end of the day, it's what's in our hearts. That's the most important thing. And I feel like in Catholicism, and this was my experience. And I keep hearing this over and over and over again. There is so much focus on things like, this is the word you use. This is the rule you follow. Here's how to follow it. Like so textbook focused I feel like, imagine like you're walking around and you literally have like a book like glued to your face. Like you're so focused on that that you're missing the whole fucking point mm-hmm. of everything. I feel like there's so much focus on how you come across to people, your presentation, um, the words you use, the rules you're following, and how you're following them. They were completely missing the entire point of it, which is that spiritual journey, that inner spiritual journey, that relationship that you have with God, with the divine, with whatever. And that is what's so frustrating to me. And I think that like it's, it's so rampant in SSPX too. Cause it's like, there's no regard for what's going on in people's hearts and no regard for people's spiritual journeys. It's all about, are you following the rules? Are you doing what the textbook says to do? What I'm hearing
1: from you is that intention overrules words. And I feel like yes. that is such a, uh, like rooted topic in philosophy and ethics And the more you study about philosophy, like just ethics in general, is about you know you compare situations. Like, is this situation moral or immoral? And it can go a million different directions. It's just about I like the intention, right? And what's in they think that if you follow these rules and you like you know walk around with the Bible stuck to your head then you're going to build a better relationship with God. But that cuts off like a direct line to your heart, your soul, your, your consciousness, your, you know, your spirituality and that is your channel to God. And it's insane. Mm -hmm. Like how many people I, I see, I've seen in my life that are just textbook Catholics. Like they go to church every Sunday say the rosary every day, dress the way that they feel that, you know, the way that SSPX people dress, and they're so unhappy. Actually, I was, I totally forgot about this, but last weekend, I went back to the church that I went to high school with, because my sister Cis- uh, Cecilia, she had a baby girl. Her name is Isabel Rose. She's like the cutest little thing. So we have a new niece now. <laughs> <We have laughs> our second. Niece. I know, right? We have so m- we have so many nieces and nephews yeah. in our family now. It's but crazy. we have more nephews <laughs> than nieces. So this is our second niece. Yeah. yeah. Isabel's the second yeah. niece. Yeah. So sh- uh, she just had her baby, and she and inv- my sister invited me to the baptism. And at first, I was like, mm, "I don't think I want to go." Like that sounds extremely triggering to me. Um, but I um, texted my mom. This, ugh, this like makes me cringe. But I texted my mom, and I was like, "Okay, Cecilia invited me to the baptism. Um, are you guys going to be there? Because I want—I don't want to be there alone. I don't want to go by myself. I want to know if you're going to be there. If you know, my sister Quinn's going to be there." So my mom said, yes, we're, we're going to be there, but we have a bunch of errands and doctor's appointments to run right after. So, you know, we're going to go and leave. So I was like, perfect. Sounds good. So I get ready in the morning. I'm having really bad anxiety. I feel uncomfortable in the clothing that I'm wearing because I know like the dress that I'm wearing isn't like technically it's like kind of short So I'm like feeling insecure in my body. And I drive there and I'm texting my mom like, hey, where are you? And I had noticed that mass had just gone out. This is Saturday morning. And mass had just gone out. So there's all of these people just crowded around the church. My heart is like pounding. I am terrified. I'm like, (laughs) fuck me. So I text my mom. I text my sister. Where are you guys? There's so many people here. I'm having like a full-blown anxiety attack. I cannot do this. And they're, they're not responding. And I'm, like, freaking out. It's, like, coming up time where I need, like, where the baptism about to start. I need to get in the church. And my mom texts me, and she says, oh, my God, we had a scheduling conflict. We're not going to be able to go. I'm so sorry. You know, make sure you, you know, give Isabel kisses for me. I was like, oh, oh, my God. I can't. Like, I feel like the universe is just, like, taking a shit on my front door right now (laughs) so I'm like freaking out and I'm like okay I have two options either a I leave and I apologize to my sister I just couldn't do it like emotionally I'm not in the right place to do this and I leave or b I I go and I just say fuck it like I want to be there for my sister I don't want to make it this a huge deal I want to see her baby and I, I don't want this to get in the way of our relationship, which can be tricky since we have, you know, two different religious views. So I finally said, fuck it. So I just marched my ass through the church. Everyone's like watching me. It was so embarrassing. But I ended up being fine. Um, there were a few experiences that I had, like speed. Like I ended up running into some priests that, like actually the priest that was my principal when I was there, which was extremely uncomfortable, but I don't really want to like dig into that. But I remember like being in the church and just observing, observing everything and just thinking about all of the memories that I have, like just in this church, not even the school that's attached to it, just this church and just the, the, the things that I've gone through, like the therapy sessions that I've had with God in this church and I, in, like, the beauty of this church, like, mind you, if you guys ever want to look it up, you can. It's uh, Our Lady of Sorrows in Phoenix, Arizona. Like, you can Google it. The church is beautiful. It's a several-million-dollar church. They built it, like, five, ten years ago. And in the inside, it's it's stunning. Like, Margaret, you've been there. Like, the mm-hmm. like marble floors gold decorations like paintings relics statues like it it's insane like being and it's not even like a like it's not any different than like other churches like it's slightly more new but these like Catholic churches are really decked out and I remember also observing some of the people in this church as well and there was this one man I, I don't recognize him I don't know anything about him But he was in the church's way past. We're having like a private baptism in the corner of the church. And this man is just sitting there kneeling and he's praying and he's kind of hunched over and he just looks miserable. (laughs) And we've all been there. Like, I'm sure you've been there just in church. Just like, please God, (laughs) I'm struggling over here. And It, It makes me so sad because it makes me think of the experiences that I've had in the church where I have just been asking so many questions to God, like, why is this hard for me? Why can't I do this? Why is this difficult? And it's because I was trapped. Like now being out of the church for years, I realize how much how many of those anxieties have gone away because I stopped living my life by somebody's else's rules I stopped worrying about whether my knees were covered or my shoulders were covered I stopped worrying about whether I was gonna get kicked out of a school I stopped worrying about being caught with a boy or being in a relationship with someone I stopped worrying about my sexuality like, all of these things that made me, like, literally cry myself to sleep, cry in church, just feel like absolute fucking shit about myself, it went away when I left the church. Like, I stopped feeling guilty Damn. for being a human being. And it... Fuck, that's so powerful. And it's just... <laughs> I hate to see people that are... St- like, e- older people, like, people that are, you know... N- older and they're in this church just suffering and i'm not saying that they're doing life wrong or or anything bad about you know their relationship with god but i just see so directly now like how the community at least of sspx in this situation is is blocking like a heart valve between god it is a you know, it's a brick in the road b- between their relationship with God.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because I think so. We get we're so caught up in the words of everything, and I I had a conversation with someone once. When you we were talking about this, like it is important. Like language is important. Like we like. It is important. Like, look around at the world around us. Look at just the racial reckoning we're having in our country, all the civil unrest. You know, the words that people use are very powerful because of the meaning underneath the words. Mm -hmm. The problem is when we get so focused on the words themselves that we completely divorce ourselves from the relationship um, with those words, what they actually mean. Mm That's where things get so bad. And I think that's what's happening in the Catholic Church is it's so focused on this is the rule you follow. this These are the words that you say. And we've completely forgotten like why we say those words. We've, we don't even have a relationship with what those words mean anymore. So and then we're just like I think that was how I felt as a Catholic. Like so much of my brain cells were focused on the words and like doing what I was supposed to that it never gave me the opportunity to like go inward Mm -hmm. and like find that why. Um, Because I feel like for me personally, and I feel like I see this for other people as well. Like, well, if we can go inside we can become self-aware with ourselves, just like when we're thinking about psychology, you know, if we can become self-aware And then we can eventually cultivate like a spiritual connection with God, whether it's God, it's the universe or higher self, whatever words people want to use. If you go there and you're living from that place, not what some rule book says, if you're living from that place and you're living your truth, you're going to just do good things. (laughs) Like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to find your way. You're going to use the words that are appropriate. You're going to. T- you know you're going to have good deeds in your life there's going to be good works in your life when we're so focused on the works that we've lost or we've, we're so focused on the words that we've lost touch with everything else like I think it's just so backwards
1: Mm-hmm. and it really makes you think about the power of influence how like we can look yeah, back and reflect too. on not only just history itself but our own lives Like how many times do we look back like, oh, when I was 18 years old, like what was I doing? Like that was so stupid. And we can like directly see like what influenced us to do what we feel like weird about or cringy about. And you can even think like now in this moment right now with that same type of perspective, what in my life right now is influencing me to do things that aren't necessarily benefiting my life. And from there, you're able Mm -hmm. to reconstruct your life in a way that serves you best yeah absolutely well do you have any more tea about sspx
0: margaret (laughs) (laughs) well i'm trying to think if there's any like personal stories to share um i think i talked about this it may have been episode three or four we did a two-part way back at the beginning about um religious trauma Um, Purity culture specifically, but I shared a story in there and you can go back and listen if you want to get the full tea. But just kind of like what happened where I wore the wrong top to church one Sunday and the priest like publicly refused me communion and it was so humiliating. But again, it's just like such bullshit. The whole thing around as a woman, I wasn't wearing like the most modest top and like I was on vacation, like not on vacation, but I had like was living somewhere temporarily. I didn't have full, my full wardrobe and I was really trying to put together the right appropriate church attire. And I failed that Sunday apparently. And the priest made sure to like publicly refuse me communion. And it was just extremely shaming. So yeah, that was, that was at an SSPX church. Wow. I
1: mean, I've had a priest yell at me once that I didn't open my mouth wide enough to receive <laughs> it was, oh no, my it was god, the bishop. What happened? It was the bishop. It was this old scary French oh, guy. Shit. He was terrifying. Oh. The SSPX bishop. Oh my god, he is terrifying. He like screamed at me in front of and churches are big, so it like echoed. I don't even remember what he said, but it was like, Jesus Christ, come on guy. <laughs> and i used yeah. to um like faint all the time in church too because of like the the constant kneeling and the fasting you're not allowed to eat you had to like kneel and yeah. stand and kneel and stand at like fat like yeah i was i used to like pass out all the time
0: so mhm that's another thing with fasting and we talked about that in episodes 3 and 4 but like You know, I think that originally fasting was meant as a tool for to be closer to God, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was a type of spiritual practice. But again, we're taught fasting with no understanding of like why you fast. Like there's, it's basically like do the fasting, but we're completely divorced from why we're doing the fasting and like how to do the fasting appropriately and safely. I feel like
1: it's also just one of those things like, where they like the Catholic church from my experience, they're always trying to deprive humans of pleasure. Like pleasure is such a bad thing. And so they're like, let's see how long you can go with like pleasuring yourself. So like before you go to church, like see how, like see if you choose not to eat your breakfast because that's pleasure. And which is like not true because you need fucking food to survive. So they try to like use all, which is the same thing. Like they're like, don't have sex before you're married because that's pleasure. And it's like, okay, well we kind of have to have sex to survive as a human species. And you can't expect us because a lot of people won't have sex before they get married and they get married and then they can't have sex because they have so much sexual trauma. And then, yeah, then you cut off like the (laughs) human species. So come on guys, let's be a little bit smarter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (sighs) So, Yeah. Well, should we jump into our gratitude yes, prompt? Yes, ma'am. What are you grateful for, Margaret? Oh, what am I grateful for? Um, mm, this is hard for me because my body is tired. What am I grateful for today? <laughs> All right. I'm grateful for coffee. Ooh. I'm grateful for coffee today. It's my lifeline today. Yeah. Yes. It's something simple. Oh, wait. Simple, can you I'm share your right
1: butter story that you told me? <laughs>
0: My how butter much story. butter you, oh, how I drink my coffee? Yeah, and you told me how much <sighs> butter
1: you consume in a year? It's disgusting, guys. As a vegan, I'm horrified. No judgment though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how much it is in a year, but I put like a tablespoon of butter in my coffee every day. So, what is that? Like how many pounds? I don't know. Now I have to t- Is pounds now I have to of do butter, math. guys. What kind of butter <laughs> do you use? Don't you use like fancy
1: like butter or whatever?
0: Yeah, like Yeah, like the we try to use carry gold, but it's so expensive. Yeah. But like the whole, g- yeah, grass fed, all that shit. Yeah. Okay. Jeopardy music. Let's see.
1: Oh my God. That'd be funny if Sean edited Jeopardy music. <laughs> I
0: don't know how to do that. Let's see. Tablespoons of butter to pounds conversion. Oh my God, my brain. I can't do this. <laughs> Wait, 32 tablespoons of butter equals one pound. I don't know. Do the math, guys. <laughs> Three, Because I, I have 365 tablespoons of butter in a year. So I don't know. Figure it yeah. out. Someone let us Pounds know. DM us yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> Very professional. <laughs> All right, Agnes. <laughs> How about you? What are you grateful for and today?
1: Today... Okay, I have two things I'm grateful for, actually. Surprise, surprise. First thing. This morning, I woke up and... It's July in Phoenix. It's literally hell. Like Satan is taking vacation here right now. So it's hot as (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Like one hundred twenty degrees. You walk outside and you're just like blasted. Like you know when you open up the oven and (laughs) and the heat just like fucking knocks you out. It's like. Yeah, it, I have leather seats in my car, so like I can't wear shorts in the summer because I like burn my ass. It's yeah, it's awful. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's also monsoon season, so one day it'll be hot as fuck, and then the next day we'll have like really dusty, gross rainstorms where your car looks like a, like a cow shit on it. It's like really gross. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, this morning, um, it was really
0: yeah. So what are you <laughs> grateful for? Jeez. <laughs>
1: Um, It was really gloomy this morning and I was taking my dog out for a walk and the wind was blowing and it was like kind of raining a little bit, which like in Illinois, I would be like, oh, this is depressing. But in Arizona, I was like, this is so nice. Like, I'm just so grateful that like it's like kind of cool and I can feel the wind on my face. So I'm grateful for that. And the second thing I'm grateful for is Trader Joe's because guys, Trader Joe's (laughs) Is literally, like, the best store in the entire world. Like, I know I sound so dramatic. Because growing up, our parents... We never really went to Trader Joe's. I'm so going off on a tangent right now. But... We used to have every year, it was always on my birthday. My birthday is December 27th, two days after Christmas. And on my birthday or around that time, my family would throw a Christmas party and my dad would invite all of his priest friends. So we'd sometimes call it the priest party because it was just a bunch of priests and religious people. But it was so fun. Like everybody was drunk. Everybody's having a good time. We had great food. It was just a good time altogether. And there was this one priest friend. I do not remember his name. But he would go to Trader Joe's before he would come to the party, and he would just get all the good shit, all the chocolate, mm-hmm. the goodies, like everything that you could think of as a kid like that you want from Trader Joe's. He would just bring bags of Trader Joe's and just leave it for us kids, and we'd get the snack off of it. And so I would yeah. thought like Trader Joe's is like the best thing in the world. And then as I got older, I kind of realized I was like, I could like go to Trader Joe's. <laughs> I could just like go and like go grocery shopping. And so I've been doing that. Yeah. You didn't have to wait. You didn't have to wait for Christmas yeah. time for someone to bring it to you. Yeah. And Trader Joe's <laughs> has just been coming out with like so much good stuff and like amazing vegan options. Their ice cream. Also, okay, I need to shut the fuck up, but Margaret,
0: Trader Joe's. This is turning into a sponsorship, an unpaid sponsorship by Trader Joe's. What the hell? <gasps>
1: okay. <laughs> Margaret, remember how much we love the Ube ice cream from that place near your house yes. in Vegas? They, they have, have ube ice cream. They have like a whole. Ooh, what the fuck?
0: I'm going there. They today. have like a whole
1: ube thing. They have like ube ube jelly spread. They have um, like the cookie butter, but it's like ube. And they have like popsicles oh and like pints of ice cream. I haven't tried it because it's not vegan, but it looks so good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. If okay. if you guys have ube. not tried ube,
1: look it up. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Kind of like taro. Yeah. Like that. It's like purple. it's like a potato, like, isn't yeah, it? So good. It's like, yeah, it's like a purple potato, but like it's so you, good. Wouldn't
1: think, you wouldn't think it's like that. It's like really good. It's yeah, sweet. It's good. So anyways, yeah. that's what I'm grateful for. <laughs> Trader Joe's sponsor us.
0: <laughs> we believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week.
1: If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when I was like, I'm tired of trying to act like a professional adult. I'm just going to be me. <laughs> you
1: know, that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, you know what? I can be successful in like a stereotypical capitalistic career and have tattoos and piercings. Like who gives a shit? I, I see it all the time more and more like yeah, people going into business meetings with tattoos and piercings. Like, and it looks fucking awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I know we got off. We're like already on a tangent. We haven't even started the episode, (laughs) but I do have to share the like fucked up thing that happened to me at a job interview when I was applying for jobs briefly. I told you this, right? Yeah. I'll just like do like a quick, like minute summary here or two minute summary. Yeah. I went to a job and it was for like a casual place too. Like you would think it seemed like cool. Like you would, it was a place where you would envision that the people that work there are like super cool and trendy and like, yeah. Mm Yeah show up at the place, have a job interview. And this is for bartender. Like again, bartenders, like you want your bartender to be, I think you want them to be cool. So I think I look cool. I got my, my mohawk and I've got my piercings. I got my tattoos. Like I'm super edgy looking. And anyway, the lady that was interviewing me, like in the middle of the interview, she reached out and just like grabbed my arm without me asking, which I thought was so inappropriate to just like touch someone in an interview without asking grabs my arm and he's like twisting my arm back and forth. And she's just like, what are all these tattoos? And she's like questioning me on like what they are and what they mean. And then she goes, yeah. Um, so the owner doesn't like tattoos, so you're not going to be able to have those showing if you work here. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> like this restaurant is also like partially outdoors and it's Texas yeah she's like yeah you're going to wear long sleeves if you work here I'm thinking the fuck I'm going to wear long sleeves if I work here like it's fucking 100 degrees outside no and then she's like then she like moves in and is like staring at my face all intently and she's just like yeah you can't have any of those piercings you're going to take out all your piercings those earrings and no nose rings are allowed either you have to take it out for work she's like we're very picky about that and I'm just like already in my head I'm like I am not fucking working here like what the hell and, I, and then I'm also thinking, it's 2022. Like, really? Like, we're still doing that? Like, like telling people that they can't have tattoos and piercings? And there, there was, like, a lot of other weird things that happened in that interview. Like, the lady kept, like, again, sort of, like, critiquing my appearance. And then at one point, she goes, well, you're pretty, so you have that going for you. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. And at this point in the at this point in the interview i'm like looking around the bar and realizing that like everyone in the restaurant actually now that i'm taking it in is like a very specific like that like that those people that are they look kind of conservative but they're also like attractive like attractive and conservative Country and club vibes. i don't know Yes, it was a like country club. I realized everyone that worked there kind of had that look, and that is one hundred percent not me mm-hmm. and I left and i like googled the owner of this place and he's like a super like conservative like racist white man that holds like mm. crazy right wing like political parties at his at at the restaurant and like makes his employees work them and um yeah, I was like, no, that definitely not coming here
1: Fuck so.
0: Yeah, so not every place is, like, cool with tattoos and piercings in 2022. In that Texas, was a rude maybe. awakening for me. <laughs> 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 Ugh, that's uh, I insane. I Yeah. Anyway, I guess we should get into our episode, which is all about, like, a cult sector of the Catholic Church, where mm. we would definitely not be allowed to have tattoos and piercings.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>